Today on Locked On Red Wings, we preview the New York Rangers matchup by crossing over with the Locked On New York Rangers podcast's John Chick. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right. Welcome back to Locked On Red Wings. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. Uh, Scotty also hosts at Locked On Tigers. Um, and today, ahead of our preview of the New York Rangers matchup, we're going to do a crossover with Locked On New York Rangers and their host, John Chick. John, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. You know, the Rangers just got back from a lengthy two-week break there at the All-Star Game and uh, posted a very exciting two-to-one win against the rival Boston Bruins. It went to a nine-round shootout, and Keandre Miller is the hero. Igor Shesterkin, also the hero. Uh, Really couldn't have asked for a much better start to the second half of the season here, and uh, just looking forward to this game. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, the uh, Lockdown Rangers, or the Lockdown Rangers, that's you. <laughs> the New York Rangers, rather, are in a little bit of a heater. Three-game win streak, uh, beat Seattle. Uh, they beat the uh, Panthers, who are another really strong team in the Eastern Conference this season, one of the top teams in the Eastern Conference. And then to beat the Boston Bruins, who everyone hates. I don't know if there's a single soul out there who's not a Boston Bruins fan who actually likes the Boston Bruins. Now, that's got to be reassuring to see. Um, the Rangers as a whole this season, though, uh, John have been very impressive. They're 31, 13, and four. Third in a, a very tough metropolitan metropolitan division that's got the uh, Washington Capitals and the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins in it. Um, what have your been the things that you've seen from your New York Rangers this season um, that have stood out to you? Yeah, I mean, I think first and foremost, you have to start with Igor Shesterkin. I mean, it's at the point with him where, I mean, not only is he firmly in the Vesna race, despite not even making the all-star team, which don't even get me started on that. We'll be here all night. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I think we're almost getting to the point where, you know, as was the case in the first month of the season, you got to at least mention Igor Shesterkin as it pertains to the Hart Trophy. I know it typically doesn't go to goalies, but when you look at just how good he's been, and, you know, how he was carrying the Rangers early in the season, uh, what he did last night. He got knocked out of the game with 40 seconds left in overtime. Uh, you know, the NHL's concussion protocol kicked in or, or whatever, and they pulled him off the ice. Goes back out there, stops the Bruins in seven of their nine shootout attempts. I mean, this guy just stands on his head every single night. And, uh, you know, I don't want to think about where the Rangers would be without him. And that's not to say that they don't have other players that are having good seasons, because they definitely do. I think one of the biggest surprises for the Rangers this season, pleasant surprises, is Chris Kreider. I mean, at the age of 30, having what could really be considered a breakout season. And I was all for the Rangers re-signing Kreider a couple of years ago when they did it. But at that point, and I said it on my podcast, I said, you know, with Kreider, he is what he is. He's a very hot and cold, very streaky player. It's just something that we're all going to have to, you know, put up with together. I never thought that he would have the kind of season like this where, you know, we're more than halfway through the season. And unless Dreisaitl scored a goal last night, which I'm not sure, uh, Chris Kreider is tied for the NHL's lead league in goals. So uh, that's pretty wild. Uh, on top of that, a lot of young defensemen really stepping up. And, uh, you know, Gerard Gallant, I think he's made a, a big difference on this team as well. To me, his calling card is uh, getting the most out of his players, you know, wherever he's been in his career. And I think we're seeing that with the Rangers as well, because whether it's a star player or the 20th guy, everybody I, I think is kind of uh, just about everybody performing as well or better than what was to be expected coming into the season. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, Scotty. I know you're about to say something. Oh, you're, no, you're gonna, good. 
I was looking up Chris Kreider because I, I knew he had been really, really good this season. Um, but and I don't don't want to pour cold water over it because we're dealing with something very similar with Dylan Larkin. Chris Carter's shooting percentage right now is twenty two percent. That is almost one one out of every four <laughs> shot he takes is currently going in. Over one out of every five, yeah, yeah, <laughs> which is yeah. nutty, absolutely nutty. Like the most elite players in the league, uh, Austin Matthews last year had an eighteen percent shooting percentage last season. So you do expect a little bit, and I, we expect the same thing out of Dylan Larkin at some point. Uh, shooting percentage-wise, because he's shooting at 18%, which is just uh, elite numbers. And Chris Carter shooting 22. Like, I don't see either of that being sustainable long-term, but that, by no means does that mean he's going to at any point become bad. Like, he's just been – he's found another level this season, and you hope that – we hope the same thing with Dylan Larkin, that these are levels that they can they have found and that they can sustain at a, a, a year-in and year-out basis because if, if Chris Carter, much like with Dylan Larkin, are – like, this is the real deal year out of them – you know, that just helps put the both franchises in a position to succeed going further or for, forward rather. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, with Kreider, I, I, he's not going to stay at 22%, I don't think. But one of the reasons why I think, you know, he could continue to score goals at, at the clip that he has, if you watch all these goals and, you know, somebody's got to put together like a highlight reel of all of his goals this season, but so many of them are of the uh, tip in variety, or it's a situation where he's cleaning up a rebound in the crease. I mean, he's got a few snipes here and there, too. But for the most part, he's in there doing the dirty work. And, uh, you know, a lot of times on the power play, he's re redirecting shots into the net. It's unbelievable how good he's he's been at that this season. Uh, but how about Larkin? I mean, he's obviously got a very high shooting percentage as well. What's been the key to, to his success this season? I, I mean, the, the top line, I, I would say, is just all around. I mean, the, uh, our top six has been phenomenal. Um, and, and that top line of pairing Larkin, you know, the thing the last couple of years is he's had very little talent around him, right? Like this is our step forward year. This is our big, we we've been, we've been bad for like a while. Right. So I, I think finally getting Lucas Raymond, who I'm sure we'll talk about later, uh, like Raymond paired with him on the top line. And then for the first half of the season, it was, uh, Bertuzzi Larkin Raymond. And that line was very like producing at one of the highest rates of any line in the NHL uh, Bertuzzi being the guy kind of kind of similar that kind of clears everything up and is a, a bully in front of the net and doing the dirty work and Larkin then they they move Bertuzzi down to the second line and now the second line is unbelievably productive because Bertuzzi's been an incredible player and Guelph it's storm. it's right yeah the, all, all three of them played for the Guelph Storm what five years ago won a championship um, and uh and the the now the top line is is Larkin, Raymond, and it's been a few different players, and and yet the top line has still been unbelievably productive. So I think really just the biggest thing for his success has just been a he last year his shooting percentage was so unbelievably low that was never going to be sustainable. That was gonna water was gonna find its level to some extent. But then in just points in general, I mean, just giving him some talent around him and giving him some some guys that can also put the puck in the net. And and like Mo Sider is, is top line D, so so he's out there a lot when Larkin's out there too, and he's a phenomenal passer. I, I really do think a majority of it is just finally giving the, the dude some talent for the first time really since his rookie year. Well, and if I can tack on to that too, a little, little anecdote, and everything Scotty said is 100% true, but Dylan Larkin leads the league in this really kind of a little bit of a cherry pick stat, but he leads the league in game opening goals. And the fact that I think it's like 10 or 11 now, 
which he leads by about three goals over, I believe, Claude Giroux, actually, of the Philadelphia Flyers. He is the first guy who scores every single game. He comes out flying every single game, and he did it against the Minnesota Wild. Jordy Ben blew a tire, and he, you know, he juked out Capo Kakonen, and he's just very good at getting the team off on the right No. They have a, they're a very much a first period team, which is something we'll talk about probably in the third segment when we really pre dig into the pre, the game itself and preview it. Red Wings are a first period team. And a lot of that is to do with Dylan Larkin um, just being amazing. I did want to say when you are talking about eager Igor Shisterkin, um, yeah, the heart conversation thing, I actually agree with you with how well he has been playing. I mean, he's, Top five category, top two category. Yeah, your your team goals against stats and save percentage stats are on. Like I think as a team, you you guys lead the league in save percentage, and your top five in goals against. Like that's, and and he has what? Like he's pushing, isn't he pushing like a nine forty save percentage? Nine thirty five. Yeah, nine thirty something. I think you know what? I got it right here. Let's just get it exact. He is at nine thirty eight. Yeah, and a two hundred five goals against. Didn't make the all star team. Did not make the all star team. (laughs) That makes uh, sense. His birthday is exactly. Away from Freddie Anderson, yeah, and Tristan Jerry, but still, you know, his birthday is exactly one week before Alexander Nedeljkovic. Man, seven days. Brian Brian shares a birthday with Alexander Nedeljkovic. By the way, that's pretty sweet, man. And you know what? While while we're on the subject, I mean, I got to ask you about him too, because obviously, you know, looking at all the moves that were made this NHL offseason, I thought the Red Wings. That was like the steal of the offseason as far as trades being made. I know we were talking about that a little bit before we started recording here. But, I mean, what was your initial reaction to uh, acquiring Nijelkovic? And, I mean, what is your assessment of him this season? Because his numbers aren't fantastic, but you guys were telling me, you know, overall he's played pretty well. I will uh, give you my thoughts and reaction to that. But yes. first, I got to talk to you guys today what about BetOnline.net. Football might be over for this season, but hockey is in full steam for both pro and college hockey. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just hockey. BetOnline.net is your source for basketball, boxing, UFC odds, right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline. BetOnline. Where the game starts. Uh, yeah, John, Alexander Nadalkovich, absolute freaking steal. And we, we talk yeah. about it so much here on this podcast. And now, full disclosures, but my bias aside, Shesterkin has been the superior goaltender. He's, in my opinion, he's pretty much a lock to win the Vesna. And he's really, I wanted to say he came out of nowhere. But I was as we were talking about him, I looked up his stats, and he's grown through three years. But his rookie season, he was good as well. Like, he's got a 938 save percentage right now, but last year he posted a 930. So, Shesterkin right now is by far, like, one of the elite goaltenders in the league, especially this season. He he is the best right now. But Alexander Nadalkovich is no slouch either. The fact that they got him for a third-round pick and the rights, not even Jonathan Bernier, the negotiating rights of Jonathan Bernier because he was a UFA who walked away to go to the Devils after that. I don't know why he went to the Devils and didn't stay with Carolina. <laughs> that's on. I don't know. He said he wanted to win a Stanley cup. Then went to the devils, Well, that's a whole different topic. Um, but the, but Alexander Nadalkovich has been stellar this season. He's had a couple of hiccups here and there. He's on a slight slump right now. And I, I use slump loosely because this team in front of him is far worse than the one he played with in Carolina. And this is actually something we brought up yesterday. When we were breaking down, uh, Matt Larkin's article in the hockey news and the rookie issue. Um, 
He is a not a safe percentage of about 9-10, right now. Uh, where last year he posted like a 9.35 save percentage with the Carolina Hurricanes. And it's like, yeah, on the surface, that seems like a regression. But when you look at his expected uh, goals against average, he's actually in the 75th percentile, whereas last year he was in the 37th percentile. A lot of, the, a lot of that has to do with the team that's playing in front of him. He's doing, he has more of a workload with the Red Wings because admittedly, it's a worse hockey team as they're not completed the rebuild especially yet. Especially the defense, man. Yeah, like outside of Moritz Sider, like and, and Sider's been incredible and should be everyone's called their favorite and, and is phenomenal. The rest of the defense is is pretty pretty butter. It's pretty Swiss cheese back there. So the the, the fact that he has he the, the thing that we bring up all the time is he keeps us in pretty much every game. Yes. And and he has had a, a little bit what the last couple few games. Um, he's really, I, I guess, since the all-star break, he's kind of been up and down. But I mean, he has been he has been incredible. He was rocking well over a 920 for a, a majority of the first what three months of the season. Mm-hmm. Um he he's he's been he's been incredible. And again, for a re- that we got for a third rounder. On, I mean, unbelievable, and, and that that's somebody that we're gonna have in that for the next hopefully lot of years. Well, and Steve Eiserman and we, we, Scotty and I have talked about this: how he solved the goaltending issue with the Detroit Red Wings seemingly overnight, because it was a, just a few days, maybe a week before the the draft happened, that he made this trade for Nedeljkovic. I mean, all of a sudden, we had no depth in goaltending. You know, Jimmy we had Howard no future. Had retired. Jimmy Howard retired, and you had Bernier and Grice as your one A and one B, and we and had zero no one, prospects, zero prospects of any like merit. And then he goes out and gets Nadelkovich, who just was a Calder finalist for next to nothing. Then he drafts Sebastian Kosa, who is the biggest um, and most athletic goaltender in the draft. He's now, Wellstat is the most ready, the most well-rounded, and I won't argue that. But Kosa has the most potential. He's big. You can't teach size. You can't teach athleticism, and he's got so much raw potential that overnight this depth issue that the Red Wings has, has fizzled out and gone away. Absolutely phenomenal stuff. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's crazy because, you know, I, I've done a couple crossovers with Jared Ellis over the past couple of years too. And he does a great job with locked on canes, but it's funny from my perspective now, because obviously, you know, I asked him about that trade too. And he was like beside himself. Like he could not make any sense out of why, we would give away this guy who has franchise goalie written all over him for a third round draft pick. And now I've heard it from your end as well. And uh, yeah, I think safe to say at this point that uh, yes, the Red Wings absolutely stole that guy from the Carolina Hurricanes. Well, and Freddie Anderson's been great for the uh, the yeah. Hurricanes yeah. too. But then again, you bring back that stat I was just uh, bringing up that you know Nadalkovich posted that 9.30 save percentage, but his his workload was only in the 37th percentile because the Hurricanes are such a much better team. So that also could play a role in why Frederick Anderson's having such a resurgence this season. Yeah, very true. Um, something else I wanted to ask you guys about. Obviously, we're about a month away from the trade deadline, give or take, month and maybe a little bit of change here. But uh, what do you think the Red Wings are going to do? I mean, I would imagine they'd be sellers before they'd be buyers. But, you know, I had Cap Friendly open. I was looking at some impending UFAs for the Red Wings. Is there anybody that you could see them moving or uh, just any general approach that you see them taking come deadline time? Yeah, there's a couple for sure. I I think I'll start by saying I I think the Bertuzzi rumors are gone. I don't think that's that. There was a little bit there at the beginning of the season and last season where people thought that that Bert might have been somebody that that would get flipped. I think that scenario is pretty much dead. Bert's been unbelievable this year, and I and I think is a long term piece for the team. Um, 
Yeah, there, there's definitely uh, a couple. Um, I think that Vlad Nemestikov is probably one of the bigger ones on the team that, that people are looking at and, and thinking, okay, if we're going to trade anybody, Vlad's probably one of the first dudes out the door. And it's really sad because he loves Detroit, like, like Red Wings fan growing up, uh, loves the city, talks about how much he loves the team and loves Eisman all the time. So, like, it's kind of sad, but, you know, you got a guy pushing 30 that's putting up half a point per game. You might as well get what you can get out of him on an expiring deal. So I, I think he's probably the 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 biggest one that, that would go. Uh, I, I If you can find somebody to give you like a sixth for Thomas Grice, I guess like maybe, but I, I, I'm not sure if that's even worth it at that point to just really not really have a backup goalie the rest of the year. Um but yeah, I think I think Vlad's probably the the biggest one, and and we were just talking about this what yesterday, two days ago, Brian. Yeah, I um, think just yesterday, maybe. Yeah, and and how we're we're definitely not going to be buying, but I think the decision is between stand pat and sell, and I I don't think it's I don't think it's too far fetched for the Wings to just stand pat, especially if they're if they're like six to eight games out of the postseason picture come. Uh, come come deadline day, I think they might just stand pat and go, you know what, we'll ride with what we have. We'll reevaluate in the offseason. If we lose guys for nothing, you know what, what would Vlad have gotten you? Uh, a second or a third? Eh, not, you know, well, well, I'm glad we kept the team together and, and, and got a final outcome of what they could possibly do instead of that. So Yeah, there's really no one on this roster this, this season that is going to get you an Anthony Manta type haul. There's no attractive right. player that needs uh, a relocation. You could you could maybe make the Phillips Zadina argument, but I don't think people are ready to give up on him yet. I personally am not. You know, Manta had played multiple full seasons here and had not lived up to his contract. That's why he got moved. Phillips Zadina is still very young um, and hasn't really had an opportunity to blossom. He's finally getting that now, playing on that top line. Um, I would like to add a name, uh, too, to that conversation, and Nick Letty. Uh, the mm. Red Wings uh, acquired him in the offseason from the Islanders. He's a big name defensively you know Stanley Cup champion with the Chicago Blackhawks and then went on to has had a really good strong career uh including his tenure in uh the island the Isles the Islanders holy cow there you go you got uh, there buddy. I got there I got there um but honestly he's had kind of a mediocre season this year at the Detroit Red Wings um and it's an expiring contract so you could probably flip him for you know what his name itself means and he hasn't been horrible but I, I don't even think Nick Letty would get you much more than like maybe a third round pick. This yeah, I was going to say four. Yeah. So outside of that, maybe Sam Gagne. I mean, Sam Gagne is also one that you could maybe flip for a low round pick. But I'm agree I agree with Scotty. I mean, it's it's it really comes down to is what you're going to be getting worth giving up what you're giving up, even if it's an expiring contract, especially with a guy like Vlad Mesnikov, who means so much uh, to this team. And he's unfortunately the most attractive piece you have <laughs> at the deadline. The guy that loves being here. But that's yeah. that's the nature of the business, right? Uh, John, what about you, man? What do you got? Well, for starters, let me just mention a quick uh, PS note on Nick Letty here. I, I did an episode not too long ago where I asked the listeners to kind of email me and just basically, who are you interested in? Who who makes sense as a rental for this team? And Nick Letty's name came up at least once or twice. I see he's, he's 30 years old now, but you know, I thought you guys made some great points about him. You know, He's somebody who I believe he won a Stanley Cup with uh, yeah. Chicago. Is that right? Yeah, it was Chicago. Yep. Yeah, and he was a good defenseman for the Islanders, scuffling a little bit this season. But, uh, you know, if the price was right, I mean, I I could see the Rangers maybe being interested, although I wouldn't give up too much for him because the Rangers have a lot of young defensemen who are really performing well. But I just wanted to add that. Um, as far as the Rangers' approach at the deadline, I mean, to me, 
You look at this depth chart right now, especially with Capo Caco being out of the lineup. The biggest need by far is right wing. Uh, they have, I mean, Alexi Lafreniere is playing right wing right now, but he's typically a left winger. And like, like we were saying, we'll get to the uh, Lafreniere Raymond conversation soon. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> but you know, I mean, the, the right wing position is just depleted for the Rangers right now. So I could see them, you know, maybe making a play. I mean, if you really want to aim big, JT Miller, although I think the asking price is rightfully going to be very, very high for him, especially considering that he's still under contract for the Canucks for another season. Um, I think, you know, Riley Smith is somebody that the Rangers could have some interest in as a rental. Uh, same thing for Phil Kessel. I'm not really the biggest Phil Kessel guy, but he would absolutely make the Rangers a better team. And I don't think it would cost a ton to bring him in. And if you really want to get crazy, uh, there have been rumors that the Rangers could could be interested in Claude Giroux, although I, I seem to have some issues believing that the Rangers and Flyers are going <laughs> to. Yeah, I was going to say that, that seems yeah, like that's a, uh, that's a tough uh, sale outside yeah. of Pittsburgh. I'm not sure there's too many teams that uh, that Philly would rather deal with. Well, and honestly, I think it's even worse from the Rangers perspective, because imagine you give up like some prospects and you just get Claude Giroux oh, for half yeah. a season. And then these guys haunt you for a decade. Yeah, that'd be, either, that'd so. be tough. That would be yeah. tough. Yeah, yeah. So I just don't uh, see that happening. But it's it's fun to at least toss out there as an idea. You know what else has been tough though, um, John, What's is that? Uh, watching the lack of production from Lafreniere when you know we <laughs> fell the fourth overall and see Lucas Raymond out there just tearing it up as a Calder favorite. Uh, how you feeling? You know, post uh, twenty twenty draft uh, right now with Alexis Lafreniere. You know, I'm not ready to panic yet. I mean, you, you look at uh, what he's gone through so far. I mean, for starters, last season, there wasn't even really a training camp. There wasn't any preseason. He's 18 years old, jumping out onto the ice with, you know, people who've been there and done that. And uh, this season, you know, he, he's mostly been playing on the third line. His line mates aren't always the best. You know, there's other guys that have been kind of scuffling on that third line. Guys like Filipino, guys like Julian Gauthier. Uh, he did score two goals in the final two games before the All-Star break after moving up to the line uh, with Chris Kreider and Mika Zibanejad. Uh, the tricky thing there is playing with the two of them right now necessitates him moving from the left wing to the right wing, which isn't a huge deal. But when you have somebody that, you know, everybody was calling a generational talent, I think you would probably want him to stay at his natural position. You know, I mean, that that's yeah. just kind of how I feel about it. Um, but you know what? I'm not ready to panic yet. He's 19 or 20. I forget which one, but uh, he's coming along. And, you know, for all the smack that people talk about him, he could end up with a 20 goal season at the age of, again, just 19 or 20. I mean, he's got 10 goals that's tied for fourth on the Rangers. I don't think it's all doom and gloom. I think better days are ahead for Alexi Lafreniere. And I think they'll remain patient with him and hopefully leave him in a top six role because playing with Mika and Kreider is something that definitely could get him going a little bit. But uh, the floor is yours for you guys. Uh, no, Lucas I how awesome has he been? How happy are you now that you filled a fourth that year in the, in the draft lottery? <laughs> I mean, like, like, I mean, joking aside, I, I, I agree. I agree with your sentiment of, of Laffy. Like I, I, I yeah. agree that it is, is far too early to be pressing the panic button. Um, and, and I, I do agree even more so to, to piggyback off what you said about keeping him as natural position, especially with a guy that hasn't been producing to the level you thought he was like, that you know even more so why why would you why would you mess with that maybe you know one of the interesting things about the wings that they did with Raymond and uh, now they're starting to do with Zadina is to help their production they're just throwing them on the top line with our best players you know what I mean and 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 yeah. I think that 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 not you know you guys are a much better team and and uh, and and you might not have the room up there necessarily but. You know, I mean, Raymond's been, 
first line all season, made, made first line out of camp. And Zadina now is a guy who was drafted with very high expectations for this team and, and, uh, and was playing bottom six minutes for the whole season. And then we threw up on the first line and he's been on a little bit of a point streak lately. You know what I mean? So I think that that might be uh, something that, that could play with the best to like get that confidence. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if if you're you're with those teammates, you know, if you're with the playing with the best players on your team, maybe, maybe that can help a little bit, but Raymond's been phenomenal. Um, He's been on a, a little bit of a goal scoring skid lately, but I think that, within that skid has shown a lot of bright spots because his point production has not wavered at all, even though the goal scoring has. And I, I think that's a phenomenal sign. And again, he, he's playing with, he's playing with Dylan Larkin. Like that's going to help a lot. Um, but he is, he's what second on the team in assists only behind cider, I believe. Yeah. And he uh, leads all rookies in points. And he still, right. He still leads all rookies in points, even with, the uh the what he only has like two goals in the last like three weeks or something like yeah, that. Yeah, he but, had a goal against Minnesota and then in Philly last week he had a goal as well. But he's got he's got four. Oh right, points I forgot he scored those, against Minnesota. Yeah, actually. he's got four points in those uh in that span. So again, it goes back to what you're saying, Scotty. Like, yeah, his goal scoring has cooled off a bit, um, but he's still getting points. And you mentioned like him playing with Larkin, and yeah, that for sure helps. I mean, you're playing with the captain who's having a phenomenal season, but you could also make the argument the other way around, too. That I did maybe, earlier. Yeah, maybe part of the reason why Larkin is playing so well he as he is is because he has a really, really good winger in yeah. uh, Lucas Raymond. And they talked about that, in the again, that rookie issue last night was the fact that the reason why he's such a smart player, like they say, so I've heard from every single article I've ever read that his strongest asset is his hockey IQ. And that's because he didn't just watch his favorite players, he studied them. And he implemented the, the way they played into his game. Try to like He tries to think like them out on the ice to make himself a better hockey player. I mean, that's really what his biggest asset is, is that he's so smart. And by all means, like there's both these guys, Lucas Raymond's 19, Lafreniere is 20 years old. They still have their entire careers in front of them. So while I was teasing you a little bit about Lucas Raymond having a hot start right now, who knows at the end of the, at the end of their careers, who's going to be, have the, the better career. I but, know. We know, we know it's going to be Raymond. No, but seriously. Well, you guys um, just got to be happy that the, the debate is at least being had now because yes. it wasn't. You know, they were saying like, oh, it's a three player draft this year. And uh, lo and behold, he's not just done better than Lafreniere so far, but he's done better than Stutzla and Byfield. I know Byfield's mm-hmm. been hurt, but yeah. still, he, uh, Raymond's off to a better start than any of them. Oh, yeah. And the thing that, like, am I a little happy after the fact that the Red Wings fell to four? Like, yeah, we Lucas Raymond fell into our laps. And so that makes me extremely happy. But the principle of it still kind of annoys me because the Red Wings had a historically almost wasn't historically near historically bad season, uh, almost as bad as that Atlanta Thrashers year. And then they fell out of the top three. So the principle behind that still annoys me. And it was even implied in that article from the rookie issue that Steve Eisman voiced his displeasure. And so the league changed its rules because of that. Um, I mean, it, it was still wrong that happened to him, but am I happy with the result? Oh, absolutely. Lucas Raymond has been phenomenal. Um, but there's still a lot of season and a lot of career left to be played before you can really settle that debate. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, looking ahead now to this, like actually looking at the game tomorrow as it stands, you know, we used to do this thing, Scotty and I, who's the goaltender that starts for your team? Well, we're both at this point. I, I'm pretty sure you're confident who's starting for your team. We've gotten to a point now where Alex Nadelkovich has absolutely just taken over the starting role. 
think it's safe to say that Shesterkin and Nedeljkovic are probably going to start these games tomorrow or tonight by the time you're listening to this? Um, I'm not actually going to say 100%. Ooh, just because, you know, the Rangers, again, they went two weeks without playing a game. And unless you count the 40 seconds that Alex Georgiev was in the game last night, you know, he <laughs> hasn't played. So I wouldn't be stunned. And, and, you know, Igor is somebody that, you know, with the Rangers comfortably in a playoff position right now, and, and you know, not that they've clinched or anything like that, but they've got some breathing room. It wouldn't surprise me to see the Rangers play Georgiev a little bit, you know, here and there. Not like a time split or anything like that, but he'll get a couple of games here and there. I think it'll be Igor, but would not shock me to see Georgie. But you guys think it'll be Nettie for you guys? Pretty I'd comfortable. Be, I'd be pretty surprised if it wasn't, especially because Greiser just got a game. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. He just got a game over the weekend, too. Yeah. If you wanted to make an argument for Grice starting, it's because it would be because uh, – Nadalkovich had, had a rough last a go. rough game, and Grice's first game back from COVID in like three or four weeks, he played out of his mind. So your argument could be like Grice is the hotter goalie right now, but then we have a one-game sample size where Nadalkovich has been consistently good all season with a couple of rough games recently. So I'd still go roll with Ned. He's still your starter, and that's who I'd be comfortable with. But in this game, heading to uh, New York, Madison Square Garden, one of the most premier facilities to play in in all of sports. MSG, it, baby. It hosts multiple teams. Um, who do you think, John, is your X factor for the New York Rangers? If the Rangers are going to win this hockey game, who do you think is going to be the reason why they do? Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think of somebody who's a little bit more under the radar because I don't want to just make it one of the obvious ones like Kreider or Panarin or somebody like that. Um, I'm going to go with... I'll say uh, I'll say Philip Heedle because this is somebody who I like that he's he struggled a little bit. You know, he's coming off of uh, he, the thing I said in my last episode because he scored the game tying goal against Boston in the last game in the third period. And I said, like, if there's anybody on this Ranger team that just needs a moment, it was Philip Heedle. And I'm just hoping he can be a little streaky. He can get hot every now and then. And uh, I could see him maybe getting on the score sheet again in this game. And, uh, you know, the Rangers have been looking for some secondary scoring. Heedle's usually on the third line, so that would qualify. And, uh, you know, if he ends up on the score sheet again, I think there's a very good chance that the uh, Rangers will win this game. But how about you guys? I mean, who's kind of the X factor for you? Uh, I'm going to go with Ned. I feel like that might be anticlimactic, but especially with, again, with the, the rough, he had a really rough game, like probably his worst game of the season, just his last night out there. Uh, and, and and it's gotten to a point now where I, I'm so confident in our top six, right? Like our, our, our first and second line are just unbelievably productive these days. So I, I – and the defense struggles, but that's more of a unit as a whole thing than it is like, oh, one particular player. Uh, <laughs> well, so hmm. I, outside of Cider. So I, 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 think it, I think it's Ned. I think if Ned bounces back and, and he, again, doesn't have to – be completely on his head or do a shutty or anything. But if he, if he gets back to, to his normal ways, you know, holds you guys to, to two, maybe three. I, I, I think that that is, is significantly more valuable than, than what any other individual player could bring for this game, especially, like I said, with having such a rough go of it against, uh, against Minnesota. Yeah. I'm actually going to go with Vladislav Nemestikov. And the reason I'm going to do that is because Nemestikov is a Rangers alum. Uh, he yes. played three seasons in New York, and I think that the return of Madison Square Garden uh, is going to put a little jolt in him. This just, just that the energy he brings to the New York, the Detroit Red Wings every single game, plus playing in a facility that he's not unfamiliar with against guys that he's played time with, is going to uh, he's going to really come out and show up. And if he 
plays like we think he can, most likely on the third line as he's dropped back down the lineup. He's another guy like you can just put him anywhere in the lineup and he'll produce. He's really good on the third line. And so he, A, counts as our depth scoring, and B, I think just with the pure passion that he brings and the skill level he brings, I think if he if he nets a goal, like he often does for the Detroit Red Wings this season, it's going to be the difference maker because, like Scotty said, those top two lines you know are going to produce. I, you know, I, I almost, I almost dropped Zadina. I decided against it because that that's a little that's a little too risque for me. That's a little, <laughs> a little too spicy for me. But I almost picked Zadina. So final scores, how are we predicting this, uh, John? What do you, what do you think the final score of this one's going to be? Well, you know, you guys mentioned earlier uh, in this recording here that Detroit is kind of a first-period team and at least a horrible recently... third-period team, by the way. The, we are the best first-period team in hockey and the worst third-period team in hockey. So, Wow, that's, that's something <laughs> else. That's, that's quite the stat right there. But um, Recently, you know, the Rangers, they have not been getting off to good starts in games. Uh, the good news is that they're recovering and they're finding their A game and they're coming back, but... You know, again, even this most recent game against Boston, they had two shots on goal in the first period. You know, they just couldn't do anything. Um, so with that being the case, I could see Detroit, you know, maybe taking a one nothing lead into the first intermission. But I think Probably. eventually, <laughs> I think eventually the Rangers will kind of uh, round into form. And I, I think it'll be a little bit of a tight one. You know, two good goalies going if it's Igor versus uh, Nettie. And uh, I will say the Rangers pull out a three to two victory in this one. Yeah, that's going to be a tough one because it, it is really going to come down to goaltending with this one because both teams have plenty of super highly productive players. But if both goaltenders come out and stand on top, I I, I might even go a goal lower, two to one, honestly. Detroit yeah, Red Wings, bit. obviously. Red Wings win. Um, yeah. Got to show, got to put my bias in there. But it, it's going to be a low-scoring game, I think. I'm going against the grain. I think, all, I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. It's going to surprise everybody. Five, three wings with an empty netter. There you go. All right, Scotty. All right. It's time. We, we have a question that we ask everybody that comes on the show. You guys were hyping this up, so I'm really excited here. It's it's <laughs> it's, it's really, really stupid. It's really <laughs> stupid. Uh, but we ask everybody because Brian and I have been debating on it since we started, since he, he joined the program, honestly. Okay. Let me know if you've heard this riddle. I'm going to ask you the riddle. You 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 tell me if you've heard it, okay? Yeah. A dude rides into town on Friday. Okay? Rides in on a horse on Friday. Two days later, he leaves the town riding on the horse. And it's... And it, <laughs> almost messed that up. Two days later, he leaves the town. And he leaves on Friday. How is that possible? The only reason I know the answer to this question is because of the movie Little Big League. But oh. but you know the answer, and yeah, you've heard the, it. the horse's name is Friday. But I would have had Scotty. no idea. Have Have you seen that movie Little Big League? I have oh, not. Yeah, that, Brian's an uncultured it's, person. You are one and like four Thank right you. now with our guests. This is yeah your with first our job. guest. Ask all the, I'm the people first one in to your get life. it. You're the ask, first guest to get it. Yeah. Ask, Brian, Dude, that's awesome. Brian's roommates know it. Brian's girlfriend knows it. And he's just like, oh, all of our guests don't. Because we're tallying the guests. And, and look, we got a guest right now. And guess what? And it's he your knows. first dub. Oh, oh, so now, now it's a problem because it's only my first? Thank you. Well, don't Thank get you a big head over here. One out of the four. Five I have a very have. large head. Thank you for you being cultured. Thank you for hey, being Hey, ne next time we do a, a crossover, I expect some other kind of riddle or something. Because that was, that <laughs> oh, was we got good yeah. <laughs> we got we're, we're, we are a ridiculous duo. Absolutely. Yes. yes. 
Uh, thanks for making Put it on the board. Oh, congrats. Yes. Now you're only losing five to one. Uh, Dude, the number just went from three to five in 30 seconds. By Seven the way. to one. Yeah, there you go. Great. Thanks for making Locked On Red Wings your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Locked On Bets. They're your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets is hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. They are free and available on all platforms. Scotty, John, any final thoughts? We go Rangers. Baby. Go Rangers now. No, let's go Red Wings. <laughs> That's how we end this. Um, we'll be back with a new episode tomorrow to recap this one. Same time, same place. It's your team. Every, Every day. day.